things are not great. They are blue. Mm. They said we couldn't said be, we here. Said we couldn't be here. here. Look nervous. Look nervous. Welcome back to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Your host is Jason, along with Chris. Yo, sorry, I was uh, reading what's going on in Game Six or Game Four. Sorry, I don't know why. It's <laughs> it would be nice if it was Game Six, but uh, that means good things happen. But so we're recording. Yeah, I think we kind of, we kind of, we kind of were. Just it like, is the halfway mark of the third period. Yeah, we kind of after the third goal of the uh, period, it was the uh, Mika Rantanen goal of mm-hmm. the Game Four. So about so you can see about what time we're recording. So that's about like when me and Chris looked at each other and just it was very low energy after that. So we were kind of like, eh, yep, it's time. I think it's time to go to hit the record button and and it's not even like compared to anybody who's been listening to us for a while now. Compared to our Blackhawks, uh, infamous yeah, Blackhawks moment where we kind of where we uh, went off on this team quite a bit. Yeah, um, so not that bad, I don't think. But um, no, it's not. I mean, it's very different this year. Yes. Uh, the, the Blues are. I mean, when you're playing, nothing against these two guys. And mind you, Santini's coming in and actually played pretty decent. Yeah. Let's be honest. But, like, when you have Mitch Rinke playing as, like, your defenseman in a playoff game. I agree. In a game that's it's pretty much a must-win game, game three, uh, it's not looking great. And when you call up a defenseman that's literally your last defenseman in the organization that's healthy right now, that just says something about what's going on right now. So, it came through us last time. We had our big uh, playoff preview, and the Blues are taking on the Colorado Avalanche, the one seed. And we are the four seed. Mm. Um, so, obviously, we are the team with has the least amount of points in the playoffs, too, which is something else we didn't talk about last time. And you're Really? Talking, more? We don't have as many as Montreal? I think Montreal are tied us. They're right below us, maybe. Okay. I'll look at it. But we were, like, pretty down, pretty low compared to other – I mean, we're uh, the lowest in the West, for sure. Lowest in the West, then. Or whatever I call it, the Western Conference, technically, not West Division. West Division. The Honda you, West. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. So, we are uh, – yeah, so not looking great. So, obviously, we talked to you last time. Perron is still in COVID protocol. So we yeah. did get a player out who's playing today, Jake Wallman, who got out of COVID protocol mm-hmm. and is playing. Um, we've had a, a couple injuries since then, uh, yeah. which we'll talk about. Uh, and just we some had a really huge COVID scare. A big COVID scare and uh, just some uh, overall bad uh, bad play by the Blues mixed in with a maybe. Bad a, play, bad puck luck. It's just not nothing's really gone the Blues way this series. Yeah, so it seems like uh, every time we talked about certain players need to step up, me and Chris had a conversation right before the game started with players that we think we need, made note to need to step up here and talk about. And we both mentioned Vladimir Tarasenko yep. number one. And so far, knock on wood, it's uh, you know he's got he's got two, two goals. Two. I mean, it's we, now three to two with. Hold on, let's refresh. Eight minutes or so, let's say. Uh, nine minutes left. So. We'll see what happens. So we're going to record what's going on so you'll get a live reaction if something good happens or something bad happens. So mm-hmm. we'll see. So we're going to go over the first three games and then possibly at least part of this fourth game. Then maybe we'll wrap. By the time we wrap, it'll be the end of the uh, game and hopefully a Blues win, but we'll see. So the Blues start off in Colorado with another late game to start. So they yep. start on Monday, the 17th of May, which weird. 
You know, it's weird to say like you're starting the playoffs in May yeah. just due to the season kind of going long. And mind you, when this game was going on, remember in the North Division, the Canadian Division, there were still regular season games going yeah. on. So remember yeah. uh, Vancouver was Van- still playing Vancouver games. and Calgary, who were out of the playoffs, but oh. they had Vancouver with their massive COVID outbreak. They had they had the, the I guess one of the variants up there, and they had like what twenty ish players knocked out. They had a lot. They had a ton. For so sure. they had to shut down for almost three over three weeks. Yeah. And so they basically are just they're just finishing their regular season series Which, out. I mean, I don't know why you play those games. I think it's uh, just – I see, the thing is with the North Division 2, um, I'm guessing TV is my only thing I can guess because in no none of the Canadian games, there's no fans right now. Right. I think they said they're trying to shoot by the end of this month. They're trying to shoot for some guy, some guys in the stands. This month is in May? May. So Late, next week. Next week, I think. I thought I said this all on the 28th, okay. but I could be wrong. So uh, the Blues increased their capacity as we were watching before with the Carolina-Nashville game. Nashville looked to be full pretty capacity. much full capacity. Yeah. So, a lot there's of pla- a couple of stadiums that are like that. I believe Carolina is also full capacity. Carolina is always like twelve to fourteen or something like that. So, yeah. which is pretty much full capacity. Uh, so. Florida is only at fifty percent, but that's full capacity for them. Yeah, uh, they're not. Like, and that team is. Uh, that, that, that's been the series to watch so far. Has been the most entertaining. Yeah. No matter what fan you are, I mean, obviously Florida's down in that series, but man, they look great. So. We got the first four games, let's say three and a half games at least go over so far. So the Blues start mm-hmm. off against Colorado in Colorado, another late game. And early on, we know we kind of know what it's going to be the McKinnon and McCarr show. Oh, for sure. So if you can kind of slow those guys down, you have a halfway decent shot of doing well. Yeah. So early, uh, excuse me, late in the first, uh, McCarr, after the Blues uh, take a penalty there, another uh, power play, so a shot from the point. It seems like as if we as we go on here, we're going to have a theme with how Colorado scores uh-huh. at least a majority of the goals. Agreed. Get traffic in front, deflection, or screen the goalie. Uh, definitely game two. That is definitely what happened. Oh boy! Every 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 single goal. If you had a screenshot, I think if you go to I think it was Tony X. I think you go to his Twitter. Mm-hmm. He had screenshots of like when the puck was released of every time the person took a shot, and you couldn't even see Bennington. Yeah, like it was an obscene amount of people in front of the net, and there—that's the recipe, and it's obviously a recipe for success right now because they're up three nothing. Right. We had a prediction. It's, Go ahead. You know, it's it's worth noting though before we start getting into the goals that came in game one, the Blues came out and looked great to start this series. Like mm-hmm. you know, Tarasenko hits a post. What three minutes in? Yeah, about, about um, three or four minutes in. I have has another uh, another opportunity where he drops his shoulder. And uh, gets between the defenseman and the goalie. You know, they're hitting Colorado. They're doing a good job for about the first five, six minutes of game one. And then it just seemed like they stopped. Yeah, like And they like, started trying to run with, or skate, rather, with the Avalanche, which we talked about before the series. We did our series preview. The three things that we said the Blues needed to do to win the series was one, Slow the game down. Don't get into a track meet with the Colorado Avalanche. You're not going to win. You're not going to win. Yeah. Two, stay out of the box. The Colorado power play murders you. And three was Jordan Bennington needed to steal a game, hopefully in Colorado. Yep. I would say the Blues did number one for about six minutes in game one. Bennington Bennington did did his his damnedest to steal game one. He did his part. But they never stayed out. They, they they were in the box often. Yep. Um, and it seems like 
outside of that first period of game one, the Blues have either tried to get into the track meet with the Colorado Avalanche and skate with them, which they can't do, mm-hmm. or they're trying to hit people at the expense of playing the puck. Like they're, they're searching out and following people to get a hit instead of just hitting people when you have the opportunity. Yeah. Which to me, that's just as bad as trying to outskate the avalanche. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing to put on to that one too is looking to make the perfect pass for like a oh. wide open shot. Like there's not enough like just shoot the puck. Yes. Like, 100%. There, yeah. There's been so many one too many passes or like you and I have talked about and I'm sure we'll talk about at length as we as we get into this series um what we what we have affectionately referred to as the role of 2008 David Perron is now played by Robert Thomas which is get the puck skate into the corner try to skate back out or pass out and turn the puck over yeah and it's happened quite a bit because we can almost Chris was sending a text at the time and I said oh guess what just happened and you without even looking at your phone he said Robert Thomas went to the corner and lost the puck I was like yep fell down yeah. lost the puck and it was just on cue so it's been a frustrating thing which obviously depending on what happens today and in the future we'll be able to talk like what this team needs to do because it's blatantly obvious me and you've had a lot of conversations via text mm-hmm. I've had texts with other friends about in length of what we would like to happen what could happen what right. should happen so we'll get into all that. Well, oh, we maybe. have six minutes left now before so, we can have that conversation. So we might be able to have it before the end of this podcast. So let's get into the first game. So obviously the first game started, and I would just talk about Cal McCarr gets the goal uh, from the point, just deeks Tyler Bozak. Like, yep. bad. Like, Bozak was starting to go back to McKinnon, and then McCarr kept going, took a shot from the point, beats Biddington uh, for the one nothing lead in the first. So the Blues kind of, like, hang in there mm-hmm. pretty much, like, it was the uh, uh, not say not prevent defense, but bend and not break. Like you're yes. getting, the shots were in there. Bennington was standing on his head. Bennington was getting shelled and stood tall. I, that that save he made, I think, in the second period on um, Rantanen, where on he Rantanen, lifted, lifted his leg up. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Like with that, a two on O, a two on O. That's shades of of 2019 Bennington when he just found ways to make saves. Yeah, and we'll we'll probably get to this as well, but. That contract looks really good now compared to when yeah. people were complaining about that 6x6 six six contract, but it that's pretty darn good now. Yeah. There is a glooming gray cloud that I don't want to talk about yet because hopefully it changes in the next five minutes about Bennington and specifically Bennington in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but I agree. Like, it, I, you can't hang this series on Jordan Bennington. The dude has played great. It's yeah. not like... Yeah, I know you're going to go with the Greg Hall thing. It, it, it's not like last year in the bubble when he couldn't stop a beach ball. Yeah, he didn't Like, he was bad. Outside of the first playing game, which was against Colorado. Yeah, where they lost with, like, what, point one second yeah, left? Yeah, Kadri scored with it, which we'll talk about him later. He um, scored with 0.1 seconds left. But, you know, as much as we all left last season going, uh-oh, about Jordan Bennington. Even part of this season. Yeah, I think that he has shown that he's a gamer, and that that contract is a solid contract. Yeah, so looking forward to that. So uh, so anyway, second period happens, and the Blues don't get much pressure, but when they actually get one rush, they're able to get a two-on-one, almost a three-on-two kind of developing. Uh, Barbashev with a nice pass to Kairou. Kairou gets his first 
ever NHL playoff goal. Yep. A nice uh, uh, shot there. So, from Barbashev and Thomas, his first, uh, about near the uh, near the end of the second. So, the Blues, okay, going through the third, you're like, all right, guys, like, we held our own with one Absolutely. One. Anything can happen. Bennington's been playing well. And then 30 seconds in, Woof. Nathan McKinnon from the uh, point gets another gets a goal. His first from uh, Rantanen and Landeskog. And then it kind of uh, goes off the rails quickly. Yes. Then Landeskog gets a tip-in goal right in front of the net off a shot from McKinnon and Gerard. Make it 3-1. to one. And then McKinnon, which – let me ask you this, and maybe I read into it way too much because it's just me. So, obviously, McKinney gets emptying that goal to ice this thing. Right. So, he's, he's skating in. So, instead of just – most players just shoot into – just, like, slide into the net and call it a goal and just celebrate whatever. But he, like, rips it hard as he can from, like, 10 feet out. And I was kind of like, huh, this seems like a dick move. I don't know. I mean, Maybe whatever. it's one of those things where it's just, like, he rips it hard as he could and stuff, and I'm just like, there's nobody around you. You could – not like there's, like – Somebody was draped all over him, and he's trying to get the shot off. He just like right. had nobody around him, and just wound up hard as he could to bury it. I'm like, oh man, whatever. No, I, I mean, I, I, I said it. It's dumb, but yeah. part of me is like, part of me is the, the hockey player in me is like the, you know, kind of like you know, that. I say there's no unwritten rule about that, but I felt kind of like, oh dude, just shoot into the net. Yeah, no reason to rip it hard as you can like that. I get that. Um, I didn't read anything into it or, or take much offense to it. Um, I thought that the. Colorado Twitter account, which was uh, a slam dunk empty netter. I was like, that's kind of douchey, but whatever, man. I, it, it, that, like, if we're if if we're worrying about how people are scoring empty netters on us, I mean, and by us, I mean if the team is worried about that, then we got we got a lot of bigger problems. But um, yeah, I get what you're saying, and I mean, I at the time I didn't think anything of it, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, whatever. So lose. Close, but no cigar, even though Bennington was standing on his head. Nothing mm-hmm. really happened. So they get to the next game. Another late one for us in St. Louis. So it didn't start off great. And every one of these goals we're going to talk about was a deflection. I saw none of this game, by the way. Okay, because you were driving on the way home. So I was in Kansas City for a uh, for a show for work. Yeah, so so you probably, as you probably saw, like I sent you the screen. I sent you the tweet. So the mm-hmm. screen taps of all, like every shot is guys are in front of Bennington. Right. So that's obviously the thing happened. And first off. O'Reilly loses the puck behind the net, and it quickly goes around to the point, and Ryan Graves takes the shot, and Donskoy gets the goal after deflection right in front is first from Graves and Kadri. So uh, that was early in the first and didn't really get much better. So Nathan McKinnon later on in the period, slap shot in the power play. Guess what? From outside with traffic in front of the net. I mean, mm. and part of me, and you, and you made this comment, and it's funny, you made this comment right before the Avalanche scored their third goal today that you're like wow i really can't fault bennington for much of this because there hasn't been a like a blatant goal that you're just like man you should, probably should have like an open goal you should have had and then right like, where he's had good eyes on it yes and then we'll <laughs> talk about the game three but i think i think you're i think it's a pretty true statement honestly. yeah i mean uh, look game three there's probably i mean he had a couple stinkers that i bet he wish he would have had back but by and large it's not like he gave up really crap goals in this in this series. Game four, there's been at least one that I think he probably should have had. Um, uh, we are now within two minutes of the third period. Uh-oh. I would expect the Blues to pull Bennington any minute or any second. Yep. 
So we'll see what happens. So as we get going here, so Jonas Dornsko gets his second to make it a 3 nothing lead. Another tip in on the power play about three minutes into the second. The Blues slowly climb their way back in. Sammy Blay gets a goal here from Kyle Clifford and Tori Krug. Uh, looking good. Braden Shen finally gets on the goal here, gets on the scoreboard here. A lot of the – as it's been a theme as uh, we go here, a lot of the top guys really didn't score. Agreed. And, and that's something when you're getting paid – the net is empty. A uh, crap ton of money. You are expected to produce. And the Blues, top of guys were not producing. O'Reilly had one point going to game four and a minus six. Tarasenko, until this game, and zero I would points, say this, minus seven. Top line versus top line. Uh, the Colorado top line ate up the Blues' first line in Colorado. Yeah. And that's the story of the series. And and the thing is, like when we talked about this series before and we kind of said like I think the Blues could they have a chance just because based on their experience how they're built and whatever and you've seen glimpses of it in this series Mm -hmm. but when you're down as we'll talk about you're down your top forward your top defenseman Um, if you go back probably your most versatile forward and Oscar Sundquist you haven't had for For most of the season for sure Um, you can even make the case honestly and it's nothing against the guys that are playing like Carl Gunderson could have been very serviceable in this series 100% for so, sure, he could have. So, and I mean, who would you rather have on the ice right now? And, and I think Mikola has done a fine job. But would you rather have Mikola or Carl Gunnarsson? Uh, the way Gunnarsson's played in the past, I would like to give Carl Gunnarsson the shit. Me too. And nothing, like I said, nothing with Mikola, but right. I think right now, I think I would have liked to have him. But also gives Mikola a chance to have some playoff experience yes. and maybe not a greatest time. But he played a lot of minutes, as we'll talk about in this game. Right. Oh, excuse me. So. The reason that, uh, excuse me, Shen got this goal in the third period. So, sorry, I think I think you're going to have an announcement real quick there. So, um, so I think, uh, excuse me, Nazem Kadri comes across the middle, and as Justin Falk winds up blatantly, I mean, you can't really argue that he hit him directly in the head. Oh, yeah. It's there's no argument that that was a targeted shot. Um and a he, guy who is known, known for, for it. it. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been suspended in the playoffs for this before. Half of his suspensions have been in the playoffs. Yeah. So. It's you know, I I was having a talk with a friend of mine on the way over today and we, he said that he was surprised how much fighting and how many bad penalties and hits there have been uh, in this first week of the playoffs. And I, I'll go back to this because I think that's it's where the, the league set the bar is you gave – what's his nuts? Wilson. Yeah, you gave Tom Wilson a, a, a $5,000 fine for going full on WWF on a dude on, uh, on, uh, on the Rangers – and uh, on Panarin on the Rangers, and you set the bar that, like, we're going to play rough. And it obviously gets escalated in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, I, you know, you look at the fact that you have this Falk hit, and then the next night you have John Tavares stretchered off the ice. Yeah. I'll say that's at least more of a fluke compared to – Oh, the, the, the Kadri hit was a deliberate, targeted 
hit to the head on a player who was shooting and not looking. Yeah, Falk's head was down. He was in a vulnerable state. He was in the middle looking forward, and Kadri came from yeah. left to right. Yeah. So, you know, and they gave him eight games. You said today, and it doesn't surprise me. It just, yeah, just broke within the last half hour. We're recording about 6.45 St. Louis time on the 20th. Yeah. What's today, 23rd? Uh, yeah, so it broke, broke about a half hour ago that he is appealing his eight-game suspension. You know, they may bump it down. I hope they don't. I mean, they need to start making examples of these players who are known repeat offenders. Yeah, there's there's a reason why you got, and it's not getting fighters out of the game per se. Because let's be honest, Ryan Reeves is still around and keeps getting contracts. Yes, you know Kyle Clifford is around still, and he's just known as a tough guy and may not a fighter per se. Fifty six seconds left in the third period. It is St. Louis Blues two, Colorado Avalanche four, and that is empty netter. And that will do it there. So the hope goal, which we like to call it from Tarasenko, to make it three to two. So. That's the end of the season, ladies and gentlemen. Nathan McKinnon with the sixth. Yep, and three of those are empty others so far. Yep. So, anyway, so the Blues season is definitely over. We'll talk about game four here, and we'll just do a big, long podcast now. We are going to kind of do Let's go for it. Let's do it. So, anyway, game six happens. Actually, not game six. I'm looking at the game. That's how many the score is. Excuse me. Dawson Kadri, five minutes in a game. Five minutes in a game. Mm-hmm. So, the Blues have power play. Honestly, not a great power play. Just one rush, a bank off the pad from Bozak to uh, Shen, and that's how we get the goal there to make it three to two. And you're like, oh, here we go. Like yep. we got a couple, we got a minute and a half left here on this power play. Let's do this. Uh, let's do this thing. And then of course, McKinnon gets the puck at the point and just throws it towards the net, and it finds its way through. Man, that's the thing. The Blues in the Hitchcock era. I know we keep stopping and going on these games and stuff, but it keeps getting thoughts, and I think it's important to get these out. Sure. But in the Hitchcock era, man, remember how many block shots? Like, and this is, oh, yeah. This isn't just me just because I'm a big fan. It's like Barrett, like guys like Barrett Jackman, Roman Polak, guys like that who would just block shots not, like all the time. And Joey, Jay Bomeister, I mean, yeah. not, it's obvious this team misses a guy like that. You can say everything about Alex Petrangelo, which is true. A guy like that would be great right now. But I think Justin Falk was doing at least a serviceable job back there to try and replicate everything he could. For I agree. Future. But, guys, the, it's the guys after that. It's the Steens. It's the Bo Meesters um, that just have not been replaced. Yeah. And that's what hurts. And I think that's what they're going to have to look at in this offseason. And I'm not saying get veteran leadership, but you need to find 5-2. Okay, so it just keeps getting worse. So That's what I mean. All these scores look really bad, but a lot of them are empty uh, There's netters. so many empty – two empty netters in game four – an empty netter in game three, two, two empty netters in game two. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of empty netters here. So, McKinnon gets the goal here and makes it four to two. But quickly, 15 seconds later, makes it a game. Mike Hoffman comes and streaks in and gets his first of the playoffs from Mikola and Robert Thomas. So, about four minutes left in the game, another – we call it the hope goal. Yeah. Now it's four to three. Four to three. You're like, here we go. And then uh, Saad gets the first empty netter, five to three. I think a very poorly timed goalie pull by Craig Berube, which we'll talk about Berube later on. Um, I think the Blues did not have possession. It was just a face-off, and the Blues got out-battled. And you can say what you want, but I think you should wait till you get possession. That's like kind of like hockey 101, in my opinion. I agree. In my opinion. But, uh, yeah. So, another uh, empty netter by McKinnon, which I don't know if he slapped this one in. He could have, for all I remember. 
like I said, it's dumb, but that's just me. So six to three is the final. Going back to St. Louis, hopefully the Blues can steal, uh, you know, get the get these wins, get back in this series, and we'll see what happens. So it really doesn't happen, unfortunately. Ryan Graves gets the one in two minutes into the second. Uh, Chris was at this game, so he got a, kind of a front row view of these goals. Uh, sure did. I think all but one goal happened, right? Oh, all but one goal in the empty netter happened right in front of me. So Ryan Graves. So it, Chris, well, Chris's exact text to me read, uh, "Boy, that is sure a Jake Allen goal from uh, Jordan Bennington, just not getting out there fast enough." He seemed indecisive, at least yeah. from where I was. It's like he started to come out and then he hesitated and then tried to go out. And I think that that quick hesitation was just enough for Graves to get the puck. And, and cleanly get around Bennington and, and flip it in. Um, yeah, it's, it, it a, is what it is. I mean, I think that that for sure is a goal that Bennington wants back. And uh, looking back on that game, I think that's where the Blues lost it because the Blues were, were in it. They were in it. They were hitting. They, were sl- they weren't getting a ton of shots, but they were, they were making Colorado work. And, uh, you know, it was tight after the – I mean, it was tied scoreless after the first. But you didn't really feel like the Blues were just hanging on. You felt like, hey, the Blues are making a game of this. And then that goal, you could feel it in the, in the arena as far as the crowd, and you could see it on the players, and it was just like, well, here we go. Yep. It's one of those things where it's kind of like the old blues. I say old blues, but kind of like back when you know, I yeah. say pre two thousand nineteen. It's all right, kind of like where we have blues history now. We say mm-hmm. like pre two thousand nineteen blues, where it's like, uh oh, like they, like they start thinking like something bad happens when they have a they have a four to one lead, right? It was like ten minutes left, and then they have a going score against them. Uh oh, and then they start laying back, and then yes. the other team gets into it. But anyway, um, yeah, the Graves thing happened, and then I think of me as a fan too. I did the same thing. I'm like, it was just deflating because they it out, was because they outplayed them the first period. Yes beginning of that period and they output they were doing really well then that went in so you're like okay a fluke goal happened then uh new hook gets his first ever nhl goal and it's for and playoff goal from grays and nuchuchkin so basically and the thing is the blues had a pretty good control here and it gets yeah, into did. the zone graves hits a shot i mean new hook gets into the zone and it works around the graves Graves takes a shot it hits off bennington's pad and pops like 20 feet out, laying flat, mm-hmm. right to Newhook, who was just getting up after getting knocked down by the defenseman, yeah. and he has a wide-open net. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing. And when I, I'm sitting there like, stuff like that happened to the Blues. Yes. For example, when Schwartz got the puck batted to him by Martin Jones in that game uh, five. Mm-hmm. You know, little stuff like that where that shouldn't happen. And little stuff. I'm not saying Kyle's gonna now run the table and go into the. They have a decent. And they job. could. They look they could. that good. They look, and that's the other thing too. We'll talk about. They're just good. Oh, they're you, they're fantastic. You can't even. Um, it's something where I'm like, oh, the Blues just played horrible. The Blues still played horribly, and let's be honest. Outside of all the empty net goals, you could make an argument that maybe games two and three they were in. I, I mean, I would even say parts of game four. Parts beginning. of game four. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think and I had an argument with somebody else. Like they said, if you're, if you're joking yourself, if you, if you guys had thought Perron would make a difference in this series, oh, I think for sure he would have made a difference in this series. I think that's when you're not sitting, you're not playing Zach Sanford. 
Well, you're not playing Zach Sanford, and you know, and it just works its way down the lineup. Like you have Piranha, one of your top. How can you tell me the guy who has a point per game in the season doesn't make a difference? Doesn't make a difference. Yeah, that no, doesn't for sure. Makes, that doesn't make sense to me. Do I do I think that the Blues win the series with David no. Perron? No. no. Do I think the Blues get swept? No. Nope. I think they could pull a game. Maybe they sneak one out later in the series that yeah. I just don't know about. That, that's not, obviously not going to happen now. Um. So anyway, the Blues game three. So they're out. Well, we talked about no Justin Falk. Also, we didn't really talk about Robert Ortuzzo kind of had a hit that wasn't called by uh, Tyson Jost. Yeah. Uh, they said Jost was bracing for impact. I watched this replay again. He stuck his elbow out, and Bortuzzo was making a turn right by him, and yeah. he, he clipped his elbow. So, mind you, real quick, that's two. Get, that's twice now this season. Robert Ortuzzo has had hits to the head by the Colorado Avalanche that went unpenalized and un- not suspended. That's true. The first game of the year well, against New- – the second game of the year, I yeah. guess, Nukushkin, I think, hit him. Yeah, you're Burkowski, right. Burkowski, one of the two, hit him, knocked him out, and he was out for numerous games, and the same thing happened here. So the Blues are out two defensemen. Still without – also, what you ever talk about, Dunn hasn't played in nope. almost a month and skated for the last week, and, and Berube's exact words were, I'm waiting for the player to tell me he's ready. And that kind of – I mean, I have no idea what's wrong with him, so I can't make no speculations, no whatever. But to me, to be as a competitor – are you that hurt that you can't gut it out for a game here? I don't know. I don't know how bad he's hurt, so I'm not going to speculate. It's just it's the frustration seeing that you're playing a guy that's nothing against – we talked about nothing against Mitch Rinky, but if we're playing Mitch Rinky in a must-win game in game three and you're not going to go in, that says something. Well, and I think – and you and I both made this comment. Rico had a bad back for God's sake yeah. and was still gutting it out. Uh, you and I both made this comment, and I, I still think it holds true as – I really wish we could have seen what this series would have been had both teams um, had their full roster. I mean, let's not forget that you're also talking about a Colorado Avalanche team that doesn't have Eric Johnson. Um, But Colorado has their full complement offensively and aside from, I think, Johnson defensively as well. Um, But they have pretty decent defense even without him, I think. But the Blues, on on top of the injuries – they're skating without three of their normal defensemen with Dunn, Bortuzzo, and Falk. You're skating without David Perron, who's a point-of-game player and one of your top three forwards. You have Vladimir Tarasenko, who was absent Haven't seen the, the last so. two weeks of the regular season and up until this game was effing invisible for games one through three. Mm-hmm. There's just there were so many problems with this Blues team that I'm not surprised. I'm I'm not surprised they lost. I'm not completely shocked they got swept. I thought for sure they would at least win one game. I thought yeah, we said six. I think is what you said. Yeah, I, I based my prediction off of them having at least a D. I, I was expecting Dunn to be back. I yeah, Perron to be there. So I expected them to. Make a series of it. Uh, agreed. I mean, when when we woke up before game one and found out Perron was out for COVID, uh, I, I was like, this is going to be a quick series. Because um, it just throws everything else It off. does. It mixes everything up. And uh, chemistry is a big thing. You know, I, I had – I thought for sure they would win one. I had, My fandom hoped they would win two. Um, but I'm not entirely shocked 
that they got swept. This Colorado team is for real and real, real good. And a team that, like they talked about in the broadcast today, has kind of had pretty decently high expectations for – Last two, three, three years. years? Yeah. I was was it three years ago that they had 48 points or four years ago that they had 48 four years. points? You know, look at the way this team has turned it I around. Remember, they had the whole – they had guys that were on the team. And, they, and Joe Sackick's done a hell of a job getting assets because he's turning Matt Duchesne into numerous draft picks. Um, you luck out and get a guy like uh, Cal McCarr. You had McKinnon years ago is just sitting there. Uh, Rantanen's been a hell of a player. They're able to go out and get a guy like uh, Saad to help fortify their lines. Uh, they use the Kadri. They got Kadri in a trade, so they're able to kind of get everything together for that team. They got Grubauer for a couple of seconds after the Cup win, and Grubauer is, I think, I'll be honest with you, he didn't show much of this series. There's a couple of like good sequences. He didn't have to, but that's the thing is the team in front of him. He he had the I see. And this hey, call me bitter. I don't care at this point. But he, he kind of had the Chris Osgood treatment at this point. The team in front of you is so good. Doesn't matter who's back there. They could have had their third stringer in there. They could have had Devin Dubnik in back there. And I really think the Blues probably would have lost this series in five games too. Yeah, I, that's I, how good this team is. Yeah, I can't disagree. Something that you and I talked about a lot today while we were watching this game was when the when Colorado was on defense how many times you would see the Blues take a puck from the point or the wing or somewhere outside, and there's four Colorado Avalanche in front of the goal to stop rebounds and clear the puck. Yeah, and we'll talk. Like, they're just so sound on both ends that you really need to play a perfect game to beat them. Yeah, so game four, must win. So the Blues hopefully get, get back one player. No offense to Jake Wallman, but it's just Jake Wallman. Right. So basically, Which, again, still if this team is completely healthy, Jake Wallman probably isn't playing. Yeah. Or if he is, he's number six. Yeah, at most. Yeah, yeah. Because if, if he's played well this year, nothing against him. But, mm. but also, he's been sitting around for 10 days. Right. You know, like, it, it's hard for you because he can't work out, can't do all this stuff being yep. in COVID protocol. So, game, excuse me, game four, we're watching this. First period was okay. I think it was kind of the ridden. I think they were playing a very tight defensive style and kind of hitting guys and not really as as a indicator by the about the eleven minute mark of the first period. Uh, Colorado had two shots. The Blues had zero. So yeah. Not really. Nobody was really getting much of anything. It was kind of like back and forth, back and forth. Uh, so, but the Blues, after a couple great saves by Jordan Bennington, I mean. Like the save on, uh, I want to say Donskoy on front. Yeah. I think it was Donskoy where he did that tip that went right into his glove. It was a great save. A lot of scramble plays in front. He had to hold his own during the second period. And then finally, the first time, maybe I said three games, but technically four because this is game number four, the Blues get a lead. Yeah, first time all series. So a bad, tra- I mean, bad trade, bad uh, line change by Cal McCarr. Yeah. Leads Vladimir Tarasenko sitting out there by himself, and O'Reilly finds him for the breakaway, and Tarasenko finally gets a goal. His first of the, the NHL playoffs from Ryan O'Reilly. The Blues get their first lead in this series, and you're got to be There's happy. Hope. There's hope that if they keep playing this way, like, oh, hey, get another one and keep going. Yep. Unfortunately, after a really great like penalty kill, the Blues really kind of held them down. I will say that for as much as the Colorado power play ate them alive in the regular season, the Blues did a pretty damn good job this series of keeping 
the Colorado power play quiet. Yeah, and I think we'll talk about it real quick after we wrap up this game real quick. So Steve uh, Santini has, has done, a, I think, a very admirable – I think admiral or really good job of coming in here. Yep. Playing a, playing a role. Remember, the Blues had two guys knocked out in the game two. Mm-hmm. Played virtually 17 minutes of the four, of the third period down. Yep. Like with only four defensemen. Yeah. And yeah. so they had. So they basically had just. And they probably playing almost. You know, obviously got away from near the end because I think it was just everybody's gassed. Oh, for sure. But so they basically, Santini had an awesome player where he like locked it down on McKinnon, and got the puck out of the zone. He got the change, a long change in the second period. Yep. Comes in, and then McKinnon, uh, McCarr, that's the thing that pisses me off about the defense, too, which we're going to talk about, is back in. They let this yeah. team back in way too much. And yes, they, they did. And McCarr works his way and gives it to Saad, who, and Pareko kept backing up. And Saad uses Pareko as a screen and beats Jordan Bennington's stick side. And the Blues lead lasted a whopping 17 minutes and 18 seconds. Or 7 minutes and 18 seconds, yep. excuse me. So, Saad from McCarr and Philip Grubauer, I believe, and I guess the assist on that mm-hmm. one. He's even getting points now. So... Lead didn't. I mean, excuse me. Tie game didn't last long because once again, another thing that's happened really well is you, you talked about this when we were watching the game. Landis Hall gets another tip-in goal. His second of the. It's, I say his only second, but Donskoy's had a couple. Yep. Uh, McKinnon had one. Uh, Landis from Gerard and Rantanen. So ni- a nice tip with no chance for Bennington. Two to one lead with about five minutes left in the second. Uh, and you compare this to what how Pavelski was to the Blues in twenty sixteen. Because Pavelski was getting goals left and right that season. There were so many tip-in goals in that Western Conference final back in 2016 that you just started to get frustrated. Like, every time the the shark shot, it went off someone else's stick and in. And it felt like that in this series as well. It felt like every time Colorado went for a, a deflection goal, they got the tip, and it was a perfect tip, and it went in the back of the net. And, you know, what are you going to do? You know, you can't put that on Bennington. You know, you can't even really – like, can you put it on the defense for letting a player get somewhere to tip it in, I suppose? But a lot of it is just freaking puck luck, you know? And that's one thing which we'll talk about, which may, maybe you call it making excuses, but there's such thing. I mean – For sure there is. Yeah, so this is where me and Chris decided to kind of head down here and start recording was Miko Rantan gets a goal after the Blues – and say what you want, man, but they just did not – for an elimination game, it was your third period, and you need to come out like – Yeah, they, they didn't come out fired up for and the third they period. Just, it was a lot of dump and chase, or they they couldn't get any sustained pressure. Colorado nope. just kept would dump it out and just cycle it back, and mm-hmm. it was just boring. And it's just like, I'm like, nothing's going to happen here. The one play where they try to get through some pressure, and you got to watch what you're doing because this is a dangerous team. And Scandella makes an ill-advised pinch and comes back a three-on-one. Almost developed to a three on two, basically. Miko Rantan goes five hole on Jake Allen. I see Jake Allen. There we go. Look, you got me thinking of Jake Allen. But I mean, Jordan Bennington. Yep. And like you said, the only time. That's the only it, time that I think he got beat clean on yeah, one like, that it's like, come on, buddy. It would have been nice to have. But Rantan gets only his first of the series, believe it or not, from McKinnon and Landon Scott. I'll say this. You can say, wow, what you want about McDavid. Like, oh, I haven't seen him enough to play, but right now, Nathan McKinnon is the best hockey player in the world. Yes. And yeah. I, but that guy is on a mission right now. Yeah. And McDavid may get the points, but but McKinnon not only scores, but he's making his team better. And that's, you know, we, we talked about amongst us and our friends in, in, on Facebook chat, 
you know, what makes a, a player a great player. And, you know, it, it, it's the ability to not only put it on your own shoulders and get it done, but the ability to take the people around you and elevate them. And I'm not taking anything away from the Rantanins and Makars and Landeskogs and things like that. Those are great players. But you look at this team, and this team goes through Nathan McKinnon. And he's just, like, next level good. He, he, he just is. He oh, yeah. finds ways to be in the right place. And that's not luck. That's skill and hockey IQ. Some of that is coachable and teachable. Some of that is just you have it or you don't. Yeah. And McKinnon has it. Plain and simple. And the Lewis have the hope goal here. Um, Vladimir Tarasenko on the power play, so about 11 minutes left in this third. And Blues get the power play. Robert Thomas works his way into the corner. And believe it or not, doesn't turn it over. The passes out to Tarasenko at his spot on the power play, and he beats Grubauer uh, glove side. Yep. So the Blues get the 3-2. to two. They're going down by one. Think things are going to happen. And then, unfortunately, it looks like there was a um, – High-sticking double minor, from what I can tell. Yeah, I was just reading that, too. So, basically, um, McKinnon gets – and then Nushkushkin gets – both gets unassisted uh, empty net goals on the, the considered power play goals. They make it a 5-2 win for the Avalanche, and the series is officially over a sweep, which hurts. But now the next phase of the season, which – so the season's not going to really start on time. It's going to be slightly delayed, I believe, mm-hmm. is what they said. So a week, maybe a week, week and a half. So like mid-October. So unfortunately, we have a five-month delay now until we get to see any more Blues hockey. It's the longest break we've gone without Blues hockey since the end of the 2018 season. Yeah. So it's been a while. So um, maybe that's what the Blues need. Who knows? You know, uh, Joey Vitale made that comment Friday night in the post game that, you know, you look back to – 2019, the Blues win the Cup. The entire summer is spent parades, parties, fun stuff, but still, you know, you're doing things. You're doing organizational-related things around being a Cup champion. Then you go into the 2020 season, and, you, you know, you're, you're doing your normal thing. Everything's fine. You're obviously number one in the West. And then COVID hits, and you're kind of in this limbo state for a few months where you don't know if you're done, if you're coming back. At first we thought it was just a couple weeks shut down and then it turned into a couple months shut down. There were players that couldn't go home who were stuck in St. Louis. So you you can't really allow yourself, you know, the time to to rest up. You're still doing things to stay in game shape because you don't know when or if the league's coming back. Then you go to the bubble and you know, that was, a quick exit for the blues, but it's still, you're talking about they're playing in October and then the season's going to start in late November. Then it gets pushed to December and then it gets pushed to January. So you're, you're still ramping up ready to play. And then you get into this 2021 season, which started in in January and you play through till today when now you're eliminated in four, this is going to be the first chance this team has had to really decompress since they won a cup. Now, do I put a lot of stock in that? Not a ton, because 
you look at the Chicago Blackhawks of the 2010s and even the LA Kings of the 2010s who were winning cups every other year, it, that didn't seem to bother them, you know, or at least it didn't seem to bother the Blackhawks until after that third cup when you could see, like, exhaustion set in. Yeah, and then they just fell apart. Right. Literally fell apart because they, how many guys had to retire? They, I mean, that's three, a team that three. went – Right, three guys yeah. retire. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. Since since the Blackhawks won their their third cup, the next year they lost to the Blues in seven in the first round. Then the next year they got swept by Nashville. Then they didn't make the playoffs. Then they qualified for the playoffs because of the extended uh, teams going in because of COVID, and they beat um, Edmonton. Edmonton. And then did they get swept? Swept her in five, one of the two. Yeah, in, in, in the real first round. And then this year they didn't make the playoffs again. So I, I understand to an extent what Vitaly was getting at. But at the same time, it, it's not like they've it's not like they've been going really for two years nonstop. I, I don't think that that truly should have affected this team as much as he's trying to say it did. I'm sure that it's a factor in some cases, but I think that there's a lot of other things in play here too. And I, you and I talked about this. I think to an extent, it is a product of this city, and it seems to affect the Blues more than the Cardinals. We celebrate every small victory this team gets. And treat them like absolute gods when they do the smallest thing right and good. You saw it with the Blues when they went to the Western Conference Finals, and even before that, you know, the Oceara, they would win one playoff round. We're cool. You won a playoff round. You did what we wanted you to do. I think this team, by and large, is still fat off of winning the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And I don't. You pretty much have that team outside of a couple of guys. Right, and and I don't feel like, aside from a handful of players, this team brings the fire that they did back in 2019. Mm-hmm. You know, O'Reilly brings it every night. Shen, the effort is visibly there. The points haven't been, but the effort has you know, been. I, Jordan Bennington, the effort is there. He can only do so much. Like, when you're scoring one goal a game, you're asking him to pitch a shutout every night. Yeah, or two in this case right. is two. Like they've scored, they scored three in one game out right. of four. That's it. Um, Tyler Bozak. Three, let's see, one, yeah, one, three, one, two. Right. You know, Tyler Bozak, effort was there every night. Justin Falk, until he got hurt, was playing good. But, out, but outside of that, like, Jaden Schwartz, largely invisible. Mm-hmm. Tarasenko until game four. He hit a post in game one, and then I don't remember his name being called until game four. Yeah, very rarely. You know, and I'll, I mean, and then, and then you're looking at, like, your Kairos and Sammy Blay and players like that, but, like, something that Hitchcock used to always say and even, even Barube says is your best players need to be your best players. I don't think that happened. I think you had two offensive players in Braden Shen and Ryan O'Reilly. Three, because I'll put Tyler Bozak in that mix too, who really showed up all four games. 
Yep. Everyone else? Nope. Nope. Jaden Schwartz, for a guy who's playing for a contract, you might as well have been a orange pylon this series. Yeah, he just wasn't great. Anyway, let's be honest, wasn't great most of the season. And he's Agreed. very much like just the goodwill of the 2019, where I think is only going to go so far. Like, is it, it, it going to earn him a new deal now? I don't know. I don't think it should. Yeah. If it does, I'll give him a one-year contract at like three mil, three mm-hmm. and a half. Yeah. It ain't going to happen because he made that's a huge pay cut for him. But it's like, dude, if you're not scoring and you're constantly getting hurt, yeah, I can't give you that much money. I can't go to ownership and say this guy's worth as much. So it's very hard to do that. Should we talk about the uh, the not so good stat now that it's official? So it's official. So you can go ahead and talk about that real quick. Trivia question: Since winning the Stanley Cup in 2019. Jordan Bennington has played in nine playoff games. How many of those games has he won, Jason? So let's go. Could we do a multiple choice? Yeah, sure. Multiple choice. Question or choice one? Yeah. Five. Okay. Choice two. Three. Mm, three. All right. Three. Choice three. Zero. Hmm. Three. That's a, C is usually like your go-to when you don't know what the answer is. Usually, if I had to guess, let's see. Do the math. You carry the one. Uh, can I go with uh, answer C? Is it zero? That is correct. Oh, Jordan Bennington, since winning game seven in Boston, is 0-4-9 in the playoffs. Yeah, that's uh, not great, Bob, is what they say. Uh, and where we got the nine from is we're including the play-in game against Colorado. Yeah, you know, you know it might be more than that because he played in what? Two, he played in three of the four playing games. Yeah. So, yeah. He lost. He's on the hook for all four against Vancouver. Six. No, no, four, because he won with the Yeah, correct. all four, four against Vancouver, all four against Colorado. And then he would consider three playing games. So 11, technically. Yeah. Be technical. Yep. He wow. has not won a postseason game since winning the Cup in Boston. Yeah. Now, again. But, obviously, stats show a different thing compared to this correct. series. I, I will not hang these four on him, these four against Colorado. I will say that's a disturbing stat. More so for the St. Louis Blues than Jordan Bennington. Yeah. It, it tells you that there is something wrong with this team. This is a team that has gone from winning the Stanley Cup to first-round exits the last two years. A team that was first in the West last year, first-round exit. A team that fought to get into the playoffs, first-round exit. And this is, by and large, the same team that won a Stanley Cup, save for a few players here and there. And key players, mind you. I mean, obviously, we've talked about the Alex Steen, Jay Bomeister, Alex Petrangelo, those players. Let's not discount who's there. Mm-hmm. But it's not like the Blues haven't backfilled with talent. Yeah. They've brought in a Justin Falk. They've brought in a Tory Krug. You know, they've, they've, they've done what they can and they Mike Hoffman Mike Hoffman so it's not like they replace those guys with rookies or role players role players like these are guys who are top tier players mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's I don't just, think we need to overhaul this team but I, I think that changes need to be made yeah which I want to talk about next so uh, by virtue of the Blues being the first playoff team to be eliminated so the Blues will now pick the highest they have in uh, nearly a decade, yep, fifteenth overall pick, 
pretty decent pick. Unfortunately, it's a year where it's you don't have your scouts out there. Yeah, of course. Uh, so they're going to get a pretty high pick, which is nice. You actually kept your first-round pick for the first time in a long time, Yeah, which is great. You don't have a second-round pick due to the O'Reilly trade. Fine. Um, that's near here nor there. So you have numerous things coming up this offseason that's going to plan for you. You need to rehaul this team. It's a, You call it retool. Call it what you need to. Yeah. Um, and it's not just the bottom half of your team. No. It's no. the top six needs a little tweaking. Yep. The bottom half needs a little tweaking. Your defense needs a little tweaking. I think goaltending, I think Huso is deserves another shot at it. I think you can give him one more year. I think you deserve, he deserves another shot at it if he doesn't get picked in the expansion draft, which I don't think it's going to happen, but he deserves another shot. Yes. I think your left side of your defense is not too bad. I think your, that's one of the positions you can say is set. Yeah. I think you have Krug. Scandella is fine. Uh, then your third spot has a numerous amount of people. You have Dunn if you keep him. Mm-hmm. You have Mikola. I think is very, very, uh, very good sixth defenseman. If Peronovich winds up being what you think he's going to be, you have that coming in. Yep. Wallman has turned it, come in and Done made well. a name, name for himself. Yep. So I think that's there. So you have enough guys to kind of fill that. You have Tyler Tucker, who's been a well regarded uh, prospect, who could possibly maybe play some games next year. Almost played a game this year due to all the injuries. So yes. uh, he was he was called up last with, after the Bortuzzo injury, and was literally the last defensive player the Blues had signed an organization that is available. That tells you how thin the team was, which is crazy. So I think you're set there. The right side, Justin Falk, obviously will hopefully be fine. Um, Colton Preco still has one more year on his contract. I think you're okay there. Agreed. I've never been sold on Bortuzzo. I know a lot of people like him, but I think I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind retooling the third pairing somehow. Yeah. If you could, but I, but so one of the names that came up there, free agency, which we talked, I kind of told you about earlier, is uh, the Dallas defenseman uh, Jamie. I'll say Oleski, O L E S I A K. Whatever you're going, uh, big crease clearing, skates very well, six four defender. I think that's something to look into depending on the price and if he doesn't resign is he the same as scandel or you get more of the same is that what you need right. i don't know that's right a, that's i think i think if you say for some reason scandel gets picked in the, the expansion draft maybe you go after him i don't know uh forward wise i think the top six needs to change yeah uh, let's do let's do the big let's do the nhl 21 big dream trade okay if you want to do if obviously me and you talked about this many times the bit there's two big there's the two dream big fish out there for St. Louis Blues fans now. This is where our minds are going now after being uh, knocked out in the first round. It definitely changes to happen. This is similar to not making the playoffs. I think than they got out against Colorado that last game of the sure. year. Sure, um, that year. Remember if you remember, they went out and they were there beat up. Remember how bad they were beat up. Oh, Tarasenko yeah. hurt his shoulder. That's when the shoulders really started. Back yep. then he had hit, hit that last game. The Blues lost. Didn't get in the playoffs. That offseason, the Yori Laterra for Braden Shen training. So that's when it started retooling the top six. Yep. So yeah, you might see something like that happening. Remember, they shipped out, remember he shipped out Shattenkirk that year? Yeah. Because they weren't going to re-sign him, so you had the extra first rounder, and that's what kind of turned things around. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. The two big fish we kind of talked about, Jack Eichel is the one that's out there. Yeah. Who, wa- who wants out of Buffalo? Who volunteers? He might not say he doesn't want to. He didn't request a trade formally, but let's be honest. He His body language in that press conference pretty much said, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Uh, so you have Jack Eichel. Is Jack Eichel an upgrade over most of your players here? Yes. Yes. 
plain and simple. Is he better than Robert Thomas? Yes. yes. Um, would you trade Robert Thomas for him at this point? Yes. That's I think so as well. I think as much as I think Robert Thomas is a great player, I don't know. I just haven't seen enough yet. So, but the yeah, thing is, it's proving it's the thing is he's only twenty one. Yeah. So what, what part but. is like, are you ready to give up too early? But remember, Eichel's. I got to look this up and see how old he is now. But he's not that old, is he? And he's same as uh, as McDavid. So what twenties? The early twenties, mid twenties at the most. We'll get into that. So. The other big fish, which we we had talked about uh, earlier, is hometown kid Matthew Kachuk. That's the two big fish that Blues or wish they hope they can bring in. Matthew Kachuk would solidify the left wing, gives you that big kind of pest from the neck guy that the Blues really don't have right now. Jack Eichel is twenty four years old. So he'll be twenty five this October. So, and I think uh, Robert Thomas, I think is like we twenty two. I think this yeah. summer. I think so. You're talking. Couple years difference at this point. Yep. Mind you, salary is the issue there. But anyway, for sure. So those are, like I said, Matthew Kachuk or even Frontenac Road versus Brady Kachuk. If, like obviously Brady Kachuk's had a really great season up there. I don't see Ottawa if they're unless they're being really dumb, want to trade him. Calgary, on the other hand, apparently had some have might have some retooling issues as well. Who knows if they want to trade him because of the amount of money he's going to be owed soon? That's another story. Uh, those are the two dream players. I'd have to. We're we're gonna have our big off season kind of like draft show later here, and guess July. I guess usually, usually the end of June, usually first weekend of July, July fourth weekend for uh, free agency. But with the with the playoffs starting so late, uh, we're almost at the end of May now. We're not even out of the first round, so probably won't be doing the. I believe the draft and everything is the end of July now, so we won't be doing anything to then. Right. So. Uh, look for our big draft show then. We'll have some stuff in between there, but for the most parts, we won't uh, uh, have other shows up between there. But anyway, the thing is we have to figure out who the Blues could use in there. Who do you want to get rid of? Who do you think needs to get moved along? Who do you want to take in the expansion draft? Um, we'll go into a, like a super deep dive here. We'll do some quick kind of – off right now just how we're feeling about how things are going, just eye test of we've just watched this team for four games – Pretty much get manhandled. Yep, every game. So the, obviously some changes need to be happen. Who knows what they're going to be? Um, coach. First off, coaching. Okay. Rube first, uh, you know, had some complaints about the officiating this game, which you can make an argument about that. Which the non calls happening. Obviously, Bortuzzo's was a non call. Kadri is you know appealing his suspension. Got the five in a game, so he technically. You know, got a little bit of a suspension there. So we'll see what happens there. But Rube. My complaint is he won't adjust his style at all. Like, as teams go along, he did not change his forwards one game. You're talking about a team that literally was going to score five goals going to a must-win game, and you kept the same lineup in. I'm not saying you need to change your top your top uh, six around or whatever, but you didn't, you didn't think about putting in a guy who just won a championship over in Russia? I know that's the big yeah, one. Yeah, I'm not saying he would have made a difference, but I'm just saying like do something. I agree. Like I'm not even saying I'm not going to throw like I'll either throw Zach Sanford on a bus. I'm not going to do that. Nothing against him, but like you know, Sammy Blay got a goal. Your top six wasn't really scoring. You're not going to replace them, but you had to do something down there, and you didn't want to put him in at all. He couldn't have think he might have had a chance to do something. I thought for sure we would see Costin at some point in this series. I re- he skated I a couple really of the pregames, did. and I thought we were going to see him and never did, never came in. And I was a little disappointed to see that, honestly. 
Um, well, what are the Blues going to do? So, Brube, in your opinion, do you think the Blues still hold on for another season with him, or make this season kind of like, hey, this is next season? Like, you need to make some noise. Like, not just make the playoffs. You need to win around and show that 2019 wasn't just this miracle run that you got on and got in the playoffs. So now that we're in year two of the, his contracts. I believe he's right. had a four-year deal. I have to go back and look. Um, so he might have a couple years left. So what do you do now? With Start off with Craig Berube, and then we'll talk about I, the assistants real quick. I don't think that you put this on Berube. I mean, look, it, it, he coached the team to first in the West last year before the, the bubble. And I think to a degree, everything post-COVID has been a little chaotic. Um could he have handled some things better? Sure. But I think that you have to give him another season of as regular hockey as you can. And if this team has the same problem, then I think maybe you have that conversation. But I'm not worried about Barube right now. My What I pointed out when we were talking upstairs, and I thought the defensive coverage, and this is also Colorado's really good. Yeah, yeah, they're they're good to say the least. So I get that they're very good, but it seemed like the defensive coverage in this in this series was poor, to put it put it bluntly. I guess. Do you think a guy like Mike Van Ryan, who's been around for a while now, do you think it's time to move on from a guy like him? I mean, obviously Jim Montgomery just came in this year. Um, do you move on from any of the assistants and change things up? There's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys out there now. For example. Let's just say, and I'm not saying he'll be pulled in, brought in for the defense, but getting a head coach that like his friend, for example, Ruby and Rick Tockett are real good friends. Let's say Tockett doesn't get any of these jobs or whatever. Right. Do you say tell Rick Tockett, hey, come in, help us out? Because the Blues, remember, played really poorly against Arizona this year. Yeah, they sure did. So maybe bringing somebody who's played against you, you can see like what the defaults. I mean, I think if are. Rick Tockett's available, you for sure bring him in. If for at least a. At least as assistant. Yeah. Not as sure. like, oh, I'm going to bring you in as like, oh, your potential. Not the whole Ken Hitchcock, Mike Yo coach and waiting thing. Yeah, not, that, that, was, that. that was dumb. Yeah. Um, um, also a guy that's out there. Columbus moved on from Tortorella. I'm not saying Tortorella, but a guy that had previous success for the Blues defense. Brad Shaw is now available. Yeah. I think that defensively something needs to happen for sure. I, you know, We talked about the Blues defensive scheme, and I believe this is the second year they've tried to do a man-to-man defense. And for the second year, uh, we have shown that the Blues cannot play man-to-man defense. It just leads to too many people wide open in high-chance scoring positions. And I don't know why this team can't do it, but one of two things has to change. You either take the system back to a zone defense – or you need to bring the players in that can play man to man. Yeah, because you are asking you. Yeah, you are asking zone caliber players to play man to man, and it, it has been shown now twice they can't do this. Mm-hmm. So something's got to change, whether it's the personnel or the system. And if it's the system, and it's Mike Van Ryn, then he's got to go because his system is not working for this team. Yeah, so there's something that's going on there. So if I, I'm with you too, like I think I give Brubay the benefit of the doubt and give him one more season. Yeah. If there's certain, depending who's available right now, I would take a hard look at bringing in Bradshaw. Apparently, Mike Van Ryan's name's been thrown around. 
to possibly go down to Arizona because he's good friends with Bill Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a coaching vacancy down there. So they might give something to him down there. It's a, something to watch out for. Yep. Um, so if that happens, I think for sure somebody like Bradshaw you bring in here. I think that guy is a great defensive mind. I think he is definitely a very good head yeah, – I'm surprised he hasn't not been a head coach yet. He's been a very yes. good assistant for many teams now. Columbus, you know, obviously they didn't make the playoffs last year, and but they've historically been a very good defensive team. Agreed. But they just couldn't score goals there. And yep. they when you trade away your top centerman too for whatever, you know, kind of yeah. hurts. But anyway, so – Coaching-wise, we agree that you have to look at the assistants and see if you can upgrade there, give Ruby at least one more season, I think. Yes. Okay. Forward group-wise, we're going to go with every single guy. We're just going to go with the guys who are available free agency real quick, mm-hmm. and then we're going to do our big kind of change. We'll probably reiterate these points again, but we'll just go over them real quick just because it's kind of, you know, we're just riffing right now sure. with everything. So um, the big one is Jaden Schwartz. And right now, my thing is your left wing – your left wing – you know, depth is pretty horrible right now. Yeah. Uh, Mike Hoffman is also a free agent. So, but I think I said Jaden Schwartz due to his tenure with the team. Agreed. So Agreed. I, th- I think Jaden Schwartz is a better all around player than Mike Hoffman. So we'll go with him first. So, Jaden Schwartz, um, whacking up contract terms. I'm just saying, if you want to bring, if does, should you bring him back? I think you explore it. I, I don't. Which is crazy to say, isn't it? Like, yeah. Like, like compared to, like, you told me that two years ago, you'd be stupid. I wouldn't protect him for the expansion draft right now. Yeah, man. I, well, because he's a free agent, so right. just let him go so you can, if you're right. not going to sign him. Like. I mean, I, I think that you certainly have the talks with him. But, and again, we'll get in deeper to this when we do our deep dive. I don't see how you possibly pay him any more than he's making now. I mean, if he wants term and is happy where he's at, okay. Yeah, but you got to think that he's going to want a little bump at least, and I don't know how much more I pay him right now. You know, he yeah five point two five or five point three five right now. A streaky score. That's when he's hot. He is red hot. Two thousand nineteen playoffs. But when he's cold this season, woo playoffs too. Yeah, like he when he's not hot, he is invisible. Same with like like Vladimir Tarasenko. He's not scoring. He just like knocked off the puck easily. Yeah, and even the the Schwartz of the old, where the puck hunter, where he goes in there and just like yeah steals it from people in, in like the forechecking of Schwartz. I have not seen it the last two years. He is just I, and it it could be just injuries have caught up with him. It could be and just I don't know. He just looks, hasn't looked himself for the last couple of years. Maybe it's the whole like you said. Maybe the guy just needs rest. Maybe obviously the guy just lost his father this year. So part of me is like. The human side of me is trying to be like, yeah, I get you know, it. like he's got obviously COVID, and then he lost, I lost his dad. I think it was to a heart attack, I believe. I will but say still, this. like you want to, you want, and you want to have the emotional attachment to players, right? But you, but I think you seriously have to look for an upgrade over Jaden Schwartz's. Office. I agree, and I will say this: I think that if the Blues sign him, it comes with a caveat clause in that contract. That is, if the Blues sign him, Darren Pang is forbidden. From saying Swizzle Swartz anymore. You don't like Swizzle Swartz? It was cool, like the first handful of times, the first couple thousand times you heard it, but that horse is dead. Yeah. Find a new nickname. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Uh, 
So I think the next one falls in line depending on what you do with the first one. I think Mike Hoffman depends on what you do with Jaden Schwartz because that's a lot of money between those two left wingers. Yeah. Cause I think, yeah, I agree. I think Hoffman, if you sign him, it depends on if what you do or what else is left wing. And like I said, the dream scenario, obviously, you bring in somebody like Matthew Kachuk. Or if there's somebody out there that we haven't – I have not done a deep dive in the, into right. free agents and all this other stuff. If there's somebody out there in left wing that's an upgrade, great. Who knows? You swing a deal with Seattle. They pick, they pick somebody that you really like on left wing. You, you send them a couple of guys and you get them a left winger from there. I don't know. Uh, but I think right now – you only bring one of the two back. Yeah, you know, and I think when you talk about Mike Hoffman, it's almost the tale of two seasons. You know, this is a guy who was a healthy scratch for a handful of games before the, the trade deadline. And honestly, I don't think would have gotten back in the lineup had it not been for injuries. Robert Thomas got an injury. Yeah, yeah, you know, and he came back in. And here's the thing that you and I both talked about the first time, the first two times he got healthy scratched was – he would get sat, come back, score two goals in his next game, and then be invisible again. Yep. That happened twice. And then he came back that third time. Apparently, he and Barube had a, a very long sit-down talk about what Barube needed from him. And I don't know if it finally connected or, or what it was or if Hoffman was just like, I need to play my ass off so that someone – somewhere gives me a contract next year but after that trade deadline Mike Hoffman's one of your best forwards you know finishes the year with the most goals on the team in the power play I think overall finished with what 17 18 goals yeah let's look it up to be exact um I would like for the team to explore bringing it bringing Hoffman back I don't know if Mike Hoffman is interested in coming back I don't know how that relationship is with him and Barube. I, I think it got better post All Star break, but I don't know if it's good enough that Hoffman wants to hitch his wagon to this train on a long term deal. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think that the Blues probably have a better chance of signing Schwartz than they do Hoffman, mm-hmm. just because I, I I don't know what the interest level is for Mike Hoffman in coming back. Yeah, plus. Uh... Schwartz, you know, obviously, and the teammate, teammate wise, like obviously, Schwartz has been here for a while, so he's endeared right. himself to his teammates. Not saying Mike Hoffman hasn't, right? I know, I agree. He's been around for a while longer, so um, those two are the main ones. The other one, which, if you told me for most of this season, I would say no, but ever since he came back from that injury, that concussion from uh, Mark Stone, mm-hmm. uh, Tyler Bozak has been really good. I, look. Uh, we have talked many times on this show about how I am Team Bozak and you're not. Mm-hmm. I loved the signing when we got him. Did I think we overpaid for him? Sure. I think that Army was panicking a little bit mm-hmm. and probably overpaid to bring somebody in. Yeah. But you're right. Uh, he has really turned it on this year. Is part of that because it's a contract year? Probably. Maybe. Yeah. But again, like we talked about a little earlier in this podcast, his effort is there every night. Mm-hmm. Like whether or not he shows up on the stat sheet, dude is playing his heart out. And I can't say that up and down about this lineup. I would love to see Bozak come back. I don't know if he will because I, even as a Bozak fan, I don't know if you bring him back or what he's making under this contract. Yeah. But I, I hope that they tender some sort of offer to him. 
and maybe he takes a bit of a hometown discount. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. But definitely yeah, I'm making I, five. So I would love to see Bozak come back. Yeah, I saw one of my friends say, "Oh, you should give him at least three mil for next year." I was like, uh, you can't. "He ain't taking that much of a cut." Yeah, so that's what I mean. You're not gonna get, you're not gonna get him a four. Like in my thing, if you if he said I'll take four million dollars, you can't pay your. If you think about this logically, your third, maybe fourth best center, depending how you view Robert Thomas at the time, uh, that much money. Like it's just just. Would you that, put Bozak above Thomas on the depth chart right now? That's a tough one. Uh, based on play, or like and you also ha- we also have to consider when we're talking about third or fourth best center. Brayden Shen's in this mix, who is sometimes a center, sometimes a wing. Uh, he likes playing center more, so I right. kind of can consider more of a center. So I would say, guys, say, I'll say three right now, just based on this Robert Thomas below play. O'Reilly and Thomas, Shen. or below O'Reilly and Shen. O'Reilly and Shen. Okay, and it's nothing, and it's real close because I'll be honest, because Thomas had a couple of decent passes this game to right, but just Thomas is in the pension for getting hurt, Bozak. Outside the concussion, really didn't have too many injuries right. in his three years here. So as of right now, based on the most recent play, Bozak is the better of the two. I agree. Over, overall, I think the potential for Thomas is better. A hundred percent, a thousand percent, because the know, ceiling is higher on Thomas. Thomas can get much better being only 21, 22 years old. Right. So will he get better? The guy is one at every level. So I can't really argue that he's going to be the better player. Will it be next season? It could be. Yeah. Hell, I don't know. What but concerns I, me with Thomas is what you said, is he – is showing a propensity for injury. And that concerns me. Yeah, that wrist he had a wrist injury in 2019 playoff. Remember, he didn't play he only played game one. Krug knocked him out. Yeah. So if you had that and you didn't play was injured a couple times last year, injured yep. a couple times this year, he had yep. a hurt wrist. Yep. The wrist he hurt, you know, in previous years. So if that's a continuing thing, hopefully it doesn't continue to be that way, but we'll see. Um so see, those are a couple. Those are the big free agents that you have right now, and then you also have your other guys who are still signed. So what do you do with the rest of the team? I don't know. Who are you going to pick at the expansion draft? We'll dive into that much more in an upcoming episode as we're only shooting over an hour already, and I don't want to keep going this because I want to save this for another podcast. We'll have a lot more breakdown about what to do in the future with the Blues. I'll probably do that next time we come to you. And we'll talk about some little bit of NHL playoffs. So we'll just wrap it up there. The Blues lose in four to Colorado. They're buried by the avalanche. So yeah. that is uh, it's disappointing. It is disappointing, but like we talked about, Colorado's good. Duh, they're real to good. To say the least. I wouldn't be surprised if they run the table and go into the finals and possibly win the whole thing. It's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, look, the Blues aren't a cupcake team by any means. Yeah, they were shorthanded, but they're still a good team, and Colorado rolled them. And Colorado is at that peak, like, yeah, they're at their peak right now for what they've been. They've been building this for about three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, then this about the 2018 year. They've been McKinnon's been slowly building, and they've been acquiring the players. And Joe Sackick's done a really good job to acquire the perfect players, and he finally got that mix this year going. Yep. And they won the games, got the President's Trophy, and they're rolling. Yes. So, um, They've not Grubauer has been playing great, so it's just all facets are clicking right now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they win the whole thing. I wouldn't either. I uh, right now, if you had to look at from the games I've watched so far of everybody, um, it's looking like it might be Vegas and Colorado in the, in the second round. We'll see. I would think so. Um, I st- I would pick Colorado in that series right now because they are rolling. 
Yeah, yeah, Colorado. They're going to get beat the f up, but they are going yep. to. But I mean, look, to, and Colorado laid it to uh, Vegas in the in the last week of the season too. Yeah, they won, so it easily happens. So I think uh, they're going to roll. Blues got a lot of work to do. I don't want them to be chasing styles like we have in the past. Mm-hmm. Remember, we, we lost to Kings. So we have to be like the Kings. We got to be heavy and whatever. We did that, and then we by that time. Now the new thing is speed. Okay, we got to get some speed guys. And they really didn't get too much speed guys, and they wound up having a mix, and 2019 happened. So, anyway, we'll wrap it up there before we get into any further because we can go on for a long time to oh, talk sure. about what this team needs to do. So, um, if you can hold us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. I'm at Hossapalooza. Also, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Blues Hockey Podcast. Also, find us on our website, blueshockeypodcast.com and .net. Uh, and also, you download the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Pocket Cast, and on anywhere that you're pretty much listening to this, any kind of podcast app, you'll be able to find us. So look at all those places. Before we get out of here, we have a couple quick, we have like one big announcement and a couple of thank you. So Obviously, we're kind of wrap up the season here pretty much. So, first off, thank you to Will uh, and everybody over at Rockstar Taco Shack for mm-hmm. being sponsored with us this year and also is going to be with us again next year. So, yep. thank you very much for always being a sponsor, helping us out, and you know, just being a great guy all around. So, go visit Rockstar Taco Shack over in Newtown. Uh, check out their Thursday night quesadilla specials. Uh, go ahead and – if you. You have to pre-order that stuff. Oh, yeah. They will is, sell out. They sell out so easily over there because it's just so good, and yep. it gets so crowded. When we were there for the anniversary thing, the line was down the block. Yeah. It was insane. So go ahead and check them out on Facebook, Rockstar Taco Shack. They should be announcing their second location really soon. soon. I think. I think within the next week or two. So we'll, we'll give you news on that when it's there. And secondly, thank you to Lucky Lola's. Which, well, we'll get into Lucky Lola's in a second. DraftKings. First, DraftKings use the code THPN uh, today to get sign-up bonuses. If you already part of DraftKings, you get weekly bonuses by typing in the code THPN. So mm-hmm. go ahead and sign the sign. Get signed up. Use the code THPN. Get some sign-up bonuses. Hey, pick Colorado to go the rest of the way. We'll see what happens. So, and, it's a uh, safe bet. <laughs> right now, it's a pretty decent bet. That so. reminds me, I can go home and and throw my uh, my betting slip from the MGM Grand down in the toilet now. I was picked Blues to win. I put nah, I put fifty bucks on the Blues to win the cup a couple months ago. Yeah. I was like, what what the hell? If I lose, it's fifty bucks. If I win, hey, good chunk of money. Got a, got a de- I would have gotten a decent chunk. Yeah, would have been nice. But um, so go draft Kings today. So the last thing is Lucky Lola's uh, foods. So check them out at luckylolasfoods.com. And so the big announcement we want to make is that so which is a thing that's pretty cool. So. Over at, if you go to exclusively at Kenrick's, so Kenrick's meets off of a Weber Road over mm-hmm. here in uh, St. Louis. So 55 and Weber, I think, is pretty much is yeah. like the best way to get there. So we're going to have a pack. It's like the word. So this is a lot, a lot of words here, so be ready. So, get a pen. <laughs> so the Blues Hockey Podcast uh, presents the Lucky Lola's Barbecue Sunday Fun Day Pack. So a lot of stuff there. But. You get a lot of stuff, so a lot of words, and you get a lot of cool stuff. So Ask for the Sunday Funday Pack. They'll know what you're talking about. Yeah, so they'll be putting that together soon. So look on our website for all the details. So here's what you're going to get in this pack, which is kind of amazing. So 12 Lucky Lola's Sweet Pepper 
uh, Jack Bratwurst. So those ha- are hella good. Yeah. So it has their sweet jalapeno heat in there, along with some pepper jack. Yeah. They also have some ghost pepper ones too, which I had tonight, and they were amazing. So go ahead and check those out. Those are awesome. So you get twelve of those: twelve bratwurst, twelve bratwurst buns, one jar of Lucky Lola's sweet jalapeno heat, one thing of Lucky Lola's fantastic salmon rub. So yep. you get a bunch of stuff to start your uh, Who barbecue. Who doesn't like off. to rub their salmon? Phrasing. So. Yeah, we're phrasing. Yeah, we're phrasing. phrasing yeah. So that was intended. Uh, yeah. So you get all that stuff, um, and we're going to have a giveaway of that coming up soon. So we'll be able to set. And that's going to be one of the giveaways for. That's going to be the giveaway for along with the blues banner for winning the uh, bracket challenge. So we still, that's going to still be going on. So we had we had a good amount of people sign up for that. So thank you for signing up and making getting your picks in. Me and Chris got our picks in. Hopefully we win. I won't win because I had the Blues going a lot further than the first round. Uh, so. I think we both did. So, not great there, Bob. So, um, yeah, Lucky Lola's uh, Barbecue Sunday Fun Day Pack. So, go check that out. It's going to be exclusively at Kenrick's Meats off of Weber Road. Go check that out. That should be available in the coming days. And this is going to be posted on the uh, Monday the 24th. So, all right. Well, another season down, Chris. Yep. So uh, we'll have some more coming at you in the next couple of weeks. So we won't be kind of sporadic, obviously, over the next couple of months. We'll do our best. To, when there's news, we'll be back. And we'll, we'll do a little bit of the NHL playoff talk, our draft special, free agency special, a bunch of other specials. Yeah. And some other – we're going to have some other stuff this summer uh, mixed in, work with the guys over at the Hockey Podcast Network. So yep. look forward to all that. Uh, before I keep talking anymore, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks again for listening this season. Um, this is, it's been an up and down one. Yeah, we, we like I enjoy this all the time talking with Chris, who our friend. Thanks to Bond for coming on. Yes. Thanks to anybody who was uh, you know retweeted the show, listened to the show. Mm-hmm. It's really awesome and very. It's always very odd when people have reached out and said they enjoy listening to you and stuff. When I just feel like you know those two, we're just hanging out talking hockey. Like I think. Well, that's I just, think that's the appeal of. Hopefully, I feel like that's the appeal of our show is that, you know, just, you know, we try to just we don't try to get too analytical. We're just two dudes who like hockey and love the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, we get stuff right. We get stuff wrong. We enjoy it. So, yeah. Um, yeah so thank you again for uh, seven years. The second original, most original. Uh, right. Yeah. St. Louis Blues so. podcast. That's what we're that's our tagline, I guess now. Yep. So uh, thanks highlight again. of the season for you as far as the podcast. Hmm, uh, I, the Theo Fleury interview. For sure. It's uh, yeah, because that's just uh, and the thing is what I'll work on. Because I do have the uh, – we had after a little behind the scenes real quick before you leave. So, unfortunately, I'll just, we're dragging this on. A little behind the scenes there. So, after we kit the – we ended the recording talking to Theo and stuff, he uh, started – just kept talking. Yeah. He got talking about, like, how he loved playing in St. Louis and all this other stuff. So, I, like, hit record again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was him talking about playing in the arena mm-hmm. and all the fun uh, – Going stuff. out with Brett after games. Yeah, and hanging out and just some of, like, some of that stuff I probably won't be able to post. But, like, just – we talked another good, what, 25 minutes after that? After yeah. After we had – we talked a good hour and – between the technical difficulties and other stuff, we talked a good hour and 45 minutes. For sure. And then another 15, 20 minutes after that yeah. of just, like – he was just talking about how St. Louis is and just talking about how much he enjoys the city here when he was here. And it wasn't more like – it was very like – he knew we weren't recording. Oh, like yeah. I said, we, we signed off and done. It was just him talking to us as yep. a couple just guys a he literally just met a couple, like, couple hours ago. And yeah. he was just a very nice guy. And um, also Eric over at Same Here Global uh, was also very nice. So definitely here, a highlight to, like I said, 10-year-old Jason. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't it be like you're watching a game and you see Theo Fleury like flying on ice scoring a goal against you and you're like all upset and then you're like – you know, and 28 years later, right. you're sitting there face-to-face, you know, 
on a computer talking to the guy, yeah, posting yeah. big, you know, internet radio basically show and interviewing him about his time in the NHL and a bunch of other and it obviously was, other it stuff. was very surreal and hysterical to hear Theo say the words going to the east side <laughs> as someone who didn't live in St. Louis. I was like, oh, you have spent time here because you know the vernacular, and I know ex- everyone knows exactly what you mean when you say I'm going to the east side. So it was pretty funny. So uh, I'll work on that part, and then we get a couple of those little clips up, just as a little bonus feature later yeah. on. So uh, that was definitely the highlight of this year, and then just obviously so inter- uh, interacting with a lot of people on the uh, Facebook and Twitter. So yep. thanks again for following us on all those. Uh, stay tuned to all the, all the social medias for any updates for regarding the Blues or the podcast. Um, we'll keep giving you some news. We got some uh, cool stuff planned ahead, working on this summer, and make an even better eighth season next year. Yep. So thanks to everybody for listening, and we'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. Nervous? 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 Nervous?